0: Hello, Happy New Year and welcome to the first Library Girl and Book Boy podcast of 2019. If you're anything like me, the past few days will have whizzed by in a haze of food, family, friends and good books. So I thought that in this episode of the podcast, I would share with you some of the titles that have had me snuggled up on the sofa this Christmas. And I've also got an exclusive interview with Chitra Soundar and Poonam Mystery, who are the author and illustrator of The Beautiful You're Snug With Me, which is published by diverse publisher Lantana Publishing. I was lucky enough to chat with Chitra and Poonam before Christmas about their newest title together, You're Snug With Me, which follows on from the very successful You're Safe With Me. I also spoke to them a little bit about their future plans for the series and about the importance of diversity in children's publishing. Here's what they had to say. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special winter warm-up podcast where I'm chatting to Chitra Soundar and Poonam Mystery about their brand-new book, Um, You're Snug With Me, but also their other collaboration, You're Safe With Me. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi. Thank you very much for joining me, and um, congratulations on the nomination of your previous collaboration, You're Safe With Me, for the um, CILIP Greenaway Medal. How does it feel to have had... um, it nominated it was actually a prestigious award
1: yeah it's has I've just been over the moon that um I've been nominated for it it's um a huge big deal for me because it is my first picture book that I've illustrated I've been lucky enough to illustrate um for Chitra so um yeah it's just um it's been amazing and the um the talent that's been nominated I mean the illustrators and authors that have been nominated I look up to them so it's a bit crazy to see my name um, amongst theirs um, on the list so yeah it's been amazing.
0: Yes it's a brilliant list this year isn't it? I thought the same
1: when I looked at it. Absolutely yeah.
0: So congratulations I'll keep my fingers crossed for you. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Now you must have known that you were onto a good thing because you've just um, released Your Snug With Me which is equally as gorgeous, although this time it's moved location from India to the Arctic. Why did you decide to brave the Arctic as your next location?
2: Well, um, I think uh, it was more of Alice's choice. Um, We decided we wanted to set the second one um, in a completely different location to where the first one was. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the first one was more because it was my story originally that I had written before they had even seen it so this one I think the idea came with it's going to be in the arctic and I can already kind of see the snow kind of what Alice told me Uh, Alice Curry who's the publisher of Lantana Publishing and we went from there
0: lovely well it's it's really another very beautiful book and as with your safe with me it seems to have really central themes of um, family and love um, why did you choose to make these so um, central to your stories? I think um, the in the first book, we dealt with fear. Uh,
2: in the second book, the primary reason why there's the uh, mama bear and the little ones is if you wanted snow um, and kind of hibernation and stuff, only mama bears hibernate. So mm-hmm. um, papa bears don't hibernate in the snow, so... Uh, we knew it was going to be a, mo- a, a mother and child story again. Uh, although we wanted to somehow make it a father and children story, but we couldn't find enough examples, as in the penguins, in yeah. in, in uh, where the where the dad would look after um, the children. So it, it because we had already made up our mind that it was going to be in the Arctic, we decided it's going to be another mum and children story. But also, that kind of gives you the the feeling of being snug and that, uh, and the protection that comes with being with your mom at the same time trying to be adventurous or learning about the world so it was it was a nice way to introduce uh, the habitat to to new animals which didn't know where they were born because they're under the um snow they haven't seen
0: their world yet no and it's lovely when it is revealed to them um towards the end of the story um pune in mean, your illustrations you really do get that sense of being snug and cozied up um how did you go about composing your illustrations to express that
1: um i think especially with the second book so with your snug with me the first book um mama elephant doesn't really feature much um, in the book she's only there at the start and the end and I think that especially um, with the second book I really wanted to make sure that mama bear was um, really uh, important to be within the story not just at the beginning and the end so um, initially we had decided that um, where there's a pattern spread within the book um, mama bear with the cubs would be featured um on those spreads but we ended up scrapping that and just having little pops of mama bear and and the cubs throughout the book which I think worked um nicer than the um initial um idea because I think there would have been a lot of polar bears then um, in yes. the book, um, and we really wanted to showcase um the other wildlife and things um in the arctic so yeah it worked really nicely um I think brilliant thank you um my
0: son had a question to ask you actually he and you've kind of touched on this already but he was wondering why of all the kind of frosty arctic animals you chose polar bears as your featured creature
2: yeah oh it's just they're so beautiful and they i love watching them and one day i dream of going um to go and see them on one of those cruises that they have but it's also because of the hibernation thing and because mm-hmm. of the way they're hidden in the um den and they discover and the number of facts i discovered but one thing you can probably show your son is there's a tiny tiny uh, clip from david attenborough on youtube where the cubs come out for the very first time from their den these are these are real polar bear cubs coming out of their den for the first time falling on the snow and that completely blew me over and i thought I, I wanted to convey that into the story so i'm sure if you show him the video he will fall in love
0: with it as well yeah oh no i'll make sure that i do that thank you i'll have to search it out tomorrow for him and um, now obviously um you must work together quite closely as illustrator and author of um <laughs> but do you tend to meet, meet each other very much or
1: is it more of a long distance relationship uh, we don't actually talk at all during the process, do we, Chitra? No, oh. I don't think any any other
2: illustrator do that. It, it's kind of a no-no unless you are one of those collaborations where they deliberately put you together, mostly even um, very big collaborations. They're done completely separately. Um, and the idea is uh, my story needs to convey... Um, the words need to convey the images for Poonam and I'm not breathing down her neck, telling her I want a flower here and I want (laughs) this here and that there. And it's her story. It's at the 50-50. So the words are mine and the interpretation is hers and and that's kind of how it works. So we never, actually for for both the books and um, when we work, we basically are not allowed to talk to each other at all. We don't actually... We know each other's numbers and stuff, but we don't actually communicate at all during that process.
1: Yeah, I think you know, and it's quite interesting to know that me and Chitra actually didn't speak to each other until I'd finished the second book. Wow! Um, and I just uh, given the artwork. I think it was maybe a week or two after, and I I'd spoken to her on the phone, and that was the first time we'd actually spoken. Um, to each other so yeah it's quite interesting just to think that you know a lot of people do think that we do work quite closely together throughout the process of the book but we don't really know <laughs> Well, that happens most often as well like mm. um,
2: I haven't met pretty much most of my illustrators and I've done 20 picture books um, and most of them are in a different country The Poonam and I have met because we're in the same country and we did a couple of events together but other than that, very, it very rarely happens. There are, I know of some collaborators who work closely together and discuss and concept, uh, deliver the concept together,
0: but um, it's, it's very rare. I suppose it must be nice to have space to kind of formulate your own vision of how you want the book to go, and then they kind of come together at the end. Is that more how it works?
1: Yeah, I think so. I I think that it would be quite difficult for me if if the author had a a particular vision of how they they saw the spreads. Um, I think that this way, um, it just means that I have a lot more creative freedom and I can allow myself to kind of immerse myself in the story and just picture it myself the way that my style would fit it. So, yeah, I think so.
0: So you just touched on your style there. Your style is so distinctive and I've really loved watching your um, advent pictures you've been oh, posting you. <laughs> um, recently. Could you just tell us a little bit about kind of the inspiration behind your style?
1: Yeah, so um, my style is mostly, um, it's it's kind of a, a mesh of lots of different types of art, really. It's a celebration of well, art, I suppose you could say. Really, mostly I focus on Um, kind of Kalamkari textiles and Madhubani art so Indian folk art really um, is my main source of inspiration but I love African textiles Aboriginal art as well William Morris wallpaper they all kind of feed into my style and I kind of take bits and then that's kind of how my style was formed really Um, so yeah it's just a celebration of world art I would say but mostly Indian
0: art <laughs> fair enough no it's really beautiful you can really tell it's yours st- when you see it you can tell it's by you so it's really just thank you thank no, you you're, you're welcome <laughs> um so um your snug with me has a very gentle but very clear um, ecolo- um ecological message take only what you need why did you feel that you wanted to um address, address that in one of your stories um in this story i
2: think when when we were discovering um how to explain the habitat it's much harder because it's white snow so um i i needed to um show different things but the, the so we started talking about um the world uh, i did a lot of research on uh, what are the things uh, polar bear should know um and what are the other animals and creatures that live there and you know that by from, from a habitat perspective, the polar bear is the strongest um, in that habitat, and it doesn't really have um, anybody who will attack the polar bear, the, other than humans, of course, the, the other animals. And that kind of was a, a parallel to me for humans. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that in our world, we are the biggest of all, and we are the predators. And we need to be responsible, uh, and that somehow it it just fell into place that there is no way as a mum polar bear I would because that's what animals do they don't hunt when they are not hungry they don't buy um, cheap meat and put it in the fridge uh, no they don't they don't, they don't kill um, for um, sports or trophy so. I felt um, that message that the mother gives the child is an important message from a polar bear perspective, but then in the real life, that would very well translate into humans putting themselves in the same position and going, I need to take only as much as I need. The more the greed takes over, then we start destroying things. And But I, I needed to be very subtle because it was almost... um. um a byproduct of what was happening in the story so I didn't want that anybody to be um, thrust into that message with force mm-hmm. so she's very subtle about uh, you know you can go only where the land will let you walk on it and you can only take what you need and that kind of felt for me a subtle message for for um, our future generations or perhaps for her previous generations as well.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Poonam what do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that Chitra's done it so beautifully. It was it was very subtly done. And I think that is the a, a really lovely way to do it. I think that as she said, to thrust that kind of message is kind of yeah, it would it it was yeah, the way she done it was just very beautifully written. So
0: Yeah, and I think actually I think children growing up today are actually a lot more aware of the environmental issues that we're facing, so I think any yeah books definitely. that' help, any books that help build inroads into conversations about that are only going to be a very positive and powerful thing
2: yeah, absolutely. I've,
0: taken, yeah I've taken the books
2: into schools, and the children absolutely understand when I talked about uh, when I go through these and I stop and talk about various topics and the children come up with oh you can do all of this and this is what the mum is telling the polar bear cubs and they they kind of understandably thought me having to spend a lot of time explaining it at all to them
0: yeah they're a lot cleverer than you think aren't they sometimes <laughs> scarily <laughs> um, so can we expect um, another book in this series and if so can you give us any clues as to where you might be heading next time Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to leave this one to Chitra uh, to
2: yeah. say <laughs> we, do, we do have one more coming out um, I'm not going to give away the title <laughs> uh, but uh, it is um, it is set in a, uh, another continent mm-hmm. um, and it is set um, I've, I thought I've told this to people so I'm not sure how much <laughs> I'm supposed to reveal but anyway <laughs> So it's got my most favourite animal in the world.
1: <laughs> oh, god! <gosh. laughs>
2: Pressure.
0: Yeah. And is it, and is it out next year? Yes, it
2: is. It's uh, probably around autumn time.
0: Yeah. Oh, lovely. Well, I'll look out for it, and I'm sure I will have some more clues before then as to exactly where you're heading. Although I am going to have to go off now and try and Google the answer as to what you're thinking. <laughs>
2: That is very easy. Probably it's on only... pocket. <laughs> okay.
0: Ah, right. You've given the game away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Absolutely. Thank you. And so obviously, um, these books have been published with um Lantana, who really seem to have sprung into certainly my consciousness over the past year, and they are brilliant at publishing really um culturally diverse titles, why do you think um, that it's so important for publishers like Nintana to encourage this diversity in children's books?
1: Well, uh, oh, sorry, yeah, Chitra, you go first. Go oh, um, uh, well, as a child myself, when I was reading, I could never see myself in any of the books that I read. Um, so it is so important that when children do read a book that they can see themselves in the in the books that they're reading or they can see the lives of other people Um, in the books that they read and I work in a school where there's a lot of diversity and it's so important so fundamental that these children do have access to books like the ones that Lantana do or Tiny Owl um, all these great um, independent uh, publishers do you know Mm -hmm. um, it is so important
0: no I agree how about you Chitra
1: well yeah I think
2: it's uh, it's multiple things right it's first children like like Poonam was um, uh, bro- born and brought up in the UK and and my nephews are like that and my my nephews are mixed race as well and they they have to see themselves in the book that's the mirror aspect of it but I also think I go to a lot of schools where um, they probably um, never seen somebody like me come into school at all and those children need to understand the cultures of the other world we we have to be uh looking creating a world where our world citizens are world citizens and not inward looking Mm -hmm. people who do Mm -hmm. not understand the outside culture so and, and and i think once you introduce these books and this is where libraries and bloggers and curators and publishers play a big role where they children don't know what's out there they know what's in the shelves um, you buy books for them, especially the younger children. you buy the books for them. And if you do not show them the world, then their uh, ability to dream beyond their um, their natural um, world is very small. and then we have it's our responsibility to expand that. And as a child who grew up outside India, uh, sorry outside uh, UK in India, where I read only um, English books, like as in I didn't have any Indian children's books when I was growing up. And the fact that I'm living here is 100% because I read only world literature. I knew about the world and I knew I wanted to live here and go there and do this. And that opportunity we need to offer to the kids today in every part of the world they need to be able to see their entire universe and i think that's kind of what lantana is doing really well they bring um a writer from one country and illustrator from another country and they introduce the artwork of um people like poonam which which prob which probably if you ask a traditional publisher will go oh Um, that's a very Indian art like uh, (laughs) right but yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and and then you publish the book and everybody loves it And, and that's that leap of faith you need to and the courage you need as an independent publisher to be able to do that to for others to see and lots of people don't know that they've been missing that until they see that um and and um all like lots of uh, brilliant illustrators and writers that they've brought from Africa and Iran, and um, now I think they have a new book coming out with an Argentinian illustrator, and, and all of that is beautiful to do, and 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 many other, and and the thing is all of these a lot of these experiments are being done by small independent publishers yeah who literally have put their life savings into these um, yeah. houses um which uh which i think the the bigger houses need to emulate very quickly
0: yeah i mean hopefully they are paving the way like you say for more of these t- t- celebratory titles to be published and on an even wider market i think it's so important um you always say that um books allow you to travel the world from your armchair and i think some children do live in very insular worlds and the only access they have to other possibilities is through the books that they are provided with in school
2: yeah i mean uh, i think uh, one of the texts i read as a child was around the world in 80 days Mm. and I read about all these other countries and the modes of transportation. I still have a big poster in my bedroom here, which has got a hot air balloon. Um, And I used to imagine all of these worlds and I now travel everywhere. And I feel like I probably wouldn't have dreamt about traveling if I had not read books like that. So that's the same I think we need to do for children from here.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Very powerful. And like I say, Lintana and Tiny Owl are doing brilliant work at um, encouraging different illustrators from different backgrounds and cultures to share their beautiful artwork in the UK. But, so, and,
2: and that's what art is, right? It needs to be a collaboration of ideas, music, and um, all of that needs to be mixing with lots of different um, people from different backgrounds and different schools of thought and that's how art grows and um, hopefully uh, we'll be doing more of it.
0: Lovely thank you so just to finish off and um, this obviously is going out in the deepest darkest depths of winter and I, I in winter tend to go into hibernation mode myself and put a lot of time curled up somewhere warm reading a really good book. Um, are there any books adult or children that you like to curl up with when the night's drawing and it gets really cold outside or are there any you're looking forward to reading snuggled up somewhere warm oh I have a bookshelf to catch up on <laughs>
2: I have loads of books piled up um that I'm reading I don't know that I have one specific one um I can't think
0: of any it's hard uh, when you're put on the spot isn't it, it, it? Is, yeah I how about the, you yeah.
1: um, I've uh, got a collection of, of children's books that I like to look at. One of my favourite at the moment is Ocean Meets Sky. Um, I want to say I curl up with it, but it's just nice to read before I go to bed. Um, and my nephews love it as well. So.
0: All right. Do you know who that's by?
1: Um, yep. It's by the Fan Brothers. Ah,
0: I have to look that one out. Haven't, it's haven't beautifully
1: illustrated. It's definitely worth buying. Um, it's stunning and a beautiful story as well.
0: Lovely. Thank you. Well, that's the end of all my questions. Thank you very much for um, agreeing to spend your evening chatting with me. And I'm looking forward to finding out what um, the third instalment in the series holds. So I'm going to say thank you very much and good night. Thank you, Joe. Thank for you. That's absolutely right. my pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. The first book I got stuck into this Christmas holiday was The Midnight Hour which was written by Benjamin Reed and Laura Trinder and whose cover is by Hannah Peck and it's published by Chicken House Books. Now it was delivered to me in a mysterious black package containing an envelope with a black wax seal. So that immediately grabbed my attention and bumped the book up to the top of my reading pile. And I wasn't disappointed. It's about a girl called Emily, whose parents mysteriously disappear into a strange and secret world called The Midnight Hour, which is a time in Victorian London, which has been frozen and is home to magic and monsters. Now it's up to Emily to find her parents whilst up against some truly terrifying beasts. It's not often that you get children's books for this age range which are genuinely scary in parts and this book manages to get in a lot of super scares along with some very humorous moments as well just to lighten the mood a little. So I would thoroughly recommend this to anyone whose children like a bit of a scare. The next book I enjoyed was called The Girl with the Shark's Teeth, which was written by Kerry Burnell, who you might remember as being a presenter on CBBC, but is now an author of beautiful picture books and longer middle grade stories like this one. It's published by Oxford University Press, and the cover is illustrated by Sandra Dieckman. Now, this is unlike any other mermaid story you may have read before. In this book, mermaids are fierce and bold and beautiful and live in a mythical underground, underwater world called the Wild Deep. Now, Minnow has always grown up hearing strange stories about this beautiful place. And she lives aboard a pirate ship with her fierce and fearless mother, Mercy, who is kidnapped one day by three strange men. And the last thing she tells René to do is to sail to Iceland to visit her grandmother and unravel the mystery of her past. It's a really enchanting, gripping adventure, which I thoroughly loved and would recommend for anybody aged nine or up. The last book I want to share with you I've actually been savouring for about a month, especially to read during the holidays. Um, it's written by Kieran Millwood Hargrave, whose writing I love, and it's called The Way Past Winter. Um, it's published by Chicken House Books and the stunning cover was designed by Helen Crawford White. Um, as with a lot of Kieran's work, it's kind of steeped in folklore and myth and magic, just the kind of thing I really enjoy. And central to this story are a group of siblings whose parents are dead or missing. And one day the brother of the family vanishes as well. But there's a clue left behind which suggests he has followed a group of mysterious strangers who visited the family after dark. Um, Once his sister Mila discovers that all the boys in the village have gone except one, a mage called Rune, She decides that they must set off on an extraordinary journey across frozen mountains to magical kingdoms to try and rescue her brother and the other boys from the furthest frozen seas of the north. It was an absolutely cracking adventure. I loved the um, real depiction of sibling relationships the good and the bad I loved the folklore references the atmosphere stunning probably one for your more confident readers I would say 10 plus if you would like to get in touch with me to make any specific requests for books to match a topic or for a reader who likes a certain author or style of story, please don't hesitate to get in touch. If you're using the Anchor app, you can leave me a voice message direct on that. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter, masquerading as at booksuperhero2, or you can contact me on my blog, www.librarygirlandbookboy.wordpress.com. Or you can find me on good old Facebook, where my group is called Library Girl and Book Boy. Please do get in touch. I love recommending my favourite books to people. So that's it for the first episode of the new year. Um, Next episode will have a rather magical theme. I'm interviewing author James Nicoll, who writes one of my favourite new witchy series, The Apprentice Witch. He talks about the newest instalment in the series, which is called A Witch Alone, and also gives us a few hints and teases about the final book in the trilogy, which is called A Witch Come True and isn't out until March. So do make sure that you download the episode and subscribe so you don't miss out on future content. And if you like it, I'd love a rating and don't forget to tell your friends. Have a great week. Bye bye.